Hi everyone, welcome to the Solar View podcast. I'm Tom Miller, editor of Solar View magazine and marketing director here at Baywa Ari Solar Systems. Today I'm joined by Guillaume Casanova and he's our director of commercial solutions. And Guillaume, this is your first podcast with Baywa, which I which I didn't even realize until now because we talk basically all the time. But but how are you doing? Uh, how are you feeling about your first podcast? Well, I feel good. Uh, there's, yes, yeah, first podcast, but you know, like it's just like another Zoom meeting. That's how I'm taking it. I don't realize that my right. face, I guess, or, or my voice might be on the internet for posterity. But so, you know, it's just if, if you block that, that out of your mind, it just feels like another Zoom meeting where you're just contributing a little bit more than you used to. Okay. This time, actually paying attention. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Note that Guillaume does pay attention often, which is why I do want to mention that if you are getting into CNI projects or your company wants to get into this fast-growing space, Guillaume is the member on our team that you want to connect with. Can you give us a quick pitch as to why folks might want to tackle CNI projects with you and and with Baywa? You know, talk about getting into that space real quick. Overall, why CNI with Baywa is 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 sort of think about it as a, hey, you want to streamline your supply chain and you want to think about um, how to best serve your customer. And so for that, you need to focus on the downstream and, and you might not have the capacity, the, the bandwidth to really look upstream and, and see, hey, what's best for me upstream? So how do I protect myself and not have to ch- do a change orders with my customers? Like, how do I make sure I have the best price point? How do I make sure I have the best product at the right time? And how do I make sure six months down the road, the, the product that I'm ordering will arrive and I won't have to have a change order with my customers? And that's been a little bit of a plague of the industry is, you know, products evolve so fast, right? The, the modules move every six months and it, it, it increases by five to 10 watts. And so it's really hard for, for clients uh, that, the, the project themselves that far out. And unfortunately, that's, that's six months is the sell cycle for a, a CNI project, right? So mm-hmm. you want to think about that. And then you really want to think about, hey, how do I get to understand more about the industry? And who do I need to talk to to do that? Um, one example is commercial storage, right? You you may have demand from your customers, especially if you're in a market like California, or New York, Massachusetts, or Arizona, but but you don't, you might not know how to tackle it. You might not know where to start. And it's a little bit more complex than a, a PV and an inverter. Right? Mm-hmm. There's there's just a little bit more financial involvement. There's more modeling. Um, and, and the way you think about the system is a little bit different, right? So it's new. It's not necessarily rocket science, but it's a little bit harder and it's new. And so you need education, right? And so you need to find someone trustworthy. You need to find an organization that will have your back and that is not necessarily going to be there just to they take your money and then they go away. Oh, thank you very much, right? You want to find long-term partners. You want to find partnerships. You want to be able to understand that you have someone that has your back. Well, let's, you know, just real quick, and, and I want to get into our topics today. We're going to we're gonna cover um, solar t- stocks. We're going to talk about money. You know, we're going to talk about some of the research yeah. that you've done, you know, uh, in 2020 and looking ahead to 2021. But let's real quick touch on the market opportunities for CNI. You know, okay. why should companies think about that as a, a potential growth segment for their, for their businesses? Yeah. So we're going to divide CNI in two, right? We're going to think about the PV only and we're going to think about the commercial storage. Um, okay. And on the, on the PV only, if you think about it, there are a vast amount of opportunities, proven opportunities. Um, there was, there was a, an article and a research that came out, I think, at the end of Q3, beginning of Q4, done by Station A and um, 
with McKinsey Consulting Group, and they found out that hey, essentially, if you if you look at through all the roofs uh, that exist in America, all the commercial and CNI roofs that exist in America, and you say, okay, how much sun do they need to get to be solar worthy and solar economically viable? About six percent of them had solar today already, right? So there's ninety four percent additional of what we already installed through the industry. And and mind you, we've come a long way from like the Mm -hmm. early 2000s to the teen years that were really rocky for some companies with booms and bust cycles and shortages. And and to now the 20s where, you know, things seems to be a little bit more calm. Um, So you have a lot, a lot of opportunities and and Mm -hmm. you know already where we've been um, so you, you can look forward and say, hey, well, more than 90% of the market is still available. So that's one thing. And, and all these entities, you know, for example, the Fortune 500 companies, they're starting to be driven by investors and also the local policies to, to invest in renewable energy, right? So that they do their part to tackle the, the climate crisis. And as, as big companies start to think about solar, it's just democrat, democratized a little bit more and more. You know, solar renewable and decarbonization, which right. eventually plays in the end of, of the CNI segment, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's for PV and for commercial storage. I mean, it's the same forces that, that are at hand, except it's newer and you're still very dependent on incentives that are driven by your state or by right. how the utility charges the building owners for the amount of energy they use, right? Mm-hmm. So the the market opportunity is more limited. It's it's like five or six states in the U.S. is California, is New York, New Jersey, Arizona, Massachusetts, and Hawaii. Really are the big states, but the 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 market expansion is growing extremely fast. I think this year we're set to double. And if you look far ahead in 2025, we'll probably be six or seven times the size we are today in terms of capacity installed. So mm-hmm. there's a ton and ton and ton of momentum um, and growth out there. And so if you're a CNI entity that is looking to get into into this, it really is the right time, right? If you if you maybe remember your, your, some of your business classes or marketing classes, the first mover advantage, right? You, you want to go your local community, you want to be the one known for commercial storage so that as it becomes and becomes more popular, you are the one people think about, right? Right. First mover advantage. I like that. First mover advantage. Yeah. Um, so we got a few topics on deck today. And thank you for that overview of, of, the, of the opportunities in the commercial space. And as I mentioned, if your business is interested in getting into CNI, you should definitely connect with Gil. He's, uh, he's relatively smart, you know, um, and he'll be, he'll be a good partner for you. So let's, let's start off by talking about, well, let's yeah. talk about the stock market. And you've been, you, you've, you've done like a very cursory analysis of uh, the best performing stocks in 2020. Can you walk us through a, a a little bit of that and what what are your takeaways from this i think i think it's it's somewhat straightforward and i, I can't claim the credit for initially all of the analysis but if you look at the best stock of 2020 you you know the top 15 movers right the ones that mm-hmm. increased the most uh, in percentages then you'll see that six out of the 15 stocks are uh, somehow have their business related to renewable energy and four of these are pure play renewable energy and two of these six stocks, um, so two out of 15 total, two out of 15 best mover are pure play solar, right? Sunrun and Enphase. Mm-hmm. And so that gives you an idea of how far along 
solar has come, right? If you remember, especially let's take the, the case of Enphase. If you remember Enphase, is what, 2017, I think their stock was worth $1 per share. And now I think they're trading around $200. So right. if you had had the foresight to uh, invest a little bit in 2017, you would have had 200 times your money. Mm-hmm. But but that aside, you know, it, it gives you a good idea of, of like the, the teen years, the, the 2010s. It feels like if you if you really compare actually is it's like almost like if we were in our teenage years, you know, as an industry where there was still business models to be proven. There was still incentives uh, dependence. There were still uh, companies that were having the best product one year and then the next year they had problems fulfill, fulfilling or would go out of business. So that was a little bit of rocky times, right? And, and I remember investing in in uh, an ETF called 10 and it tracks the solar industry. And in 2013, it's like, oh, solar is going to be, it's the future. Let's do it. I put some money in it. And I just didn't make any money um, for a very, very long time mm-hmm. on the ETF, right? But so the potential was there, but the, the actual realization that it was taking off, didn't happen really until like the past two years, right? If you think of an ETF, uh, it, it just tracks and replicates the performance of a vast pool of solar stocks, like 50 or, or 60. I actually don't know the numbers, but it's several. It's, it's a good amount. If, if 10 goes up, that means most of the stocks in that pool is, are going up, right? And which is, that means it's not just like a, a superstar company that is just killing it, right? It's all of them. Obviously, it's driven by a few, a few of them that are doing better than the market, but it's overall, it's an industry that is doing really well, right? And I think it's going to continue. If you, if you think about it, the the fundamentals for solar are just amazing. Amazing for the industry and, and the players involved in selling the products and installing, but not necessarily the reasons why it's, it's amazing is not necessarily good, right? It's amazing because, number one, a lot of policies um, made by countries, by states, by local communities, or, hey, there's a climate crisis and we need to do something to mitigate it, right? So in a sense, it's, it's for the wrong reasons, right? There's something bad is happening. Um, mm-hmm. So therefore, let's there look needs at to this be a response, yeah. But, but that's one of the strongest funda- fundamental of the industry is it's not going to go away like unless, for whatever reason, all the scientists that are talking about you know, the climate crisis is here and it's going to get bigger and bigger unless that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. That might dent a little bit renewable, but it feels like, you know, every year it's, it's a, it's a different level of, of, um, of crisis. I mean, here in California right. last year, we, it was dark at noon because we had the, the smoke of the fire, you know, yep. like we didn't see the sun that day. It was like nuclear winter, you know? So we get that every year. Um, the Southeast gets storms, uh, storm season, hurricane, hurricanes coming through and, you know, and as, as things continue, if you're uh, someone that doesn't necessarily want to believe in climate change, I think the moment you see a roof being blown off or you don't have power for a couple of days or your backyard is on fire, even even if the scientists and, and the politicians have failed to, to convince you, you're going to start thinking, OK, what do I do? You know? mm-hmm. And now it touches me. Right. But n- number two, if you think about it, like there's news all the time. Right. So last Friday, for example, Total, which is a, one of the oil major, um, one of the top six oil majors, I think they've they've announced that they are uh, leaving the uh, American Petroleum Institute, which is an oil lobby, one of the most powerful oil yeah. lobby in, in Washington. And they're 
they're quitting it or leaving it because they have differences on the climate stance it's taking and which politician it's hoarding in Washington. And so that by itself is not is not doing us anything, right? It's not like all of a sudden, oh, more solar panels and, and more people interested. But again, like it's it's a major oil um, contributor and, and, and a major CO2 emitters that is starting to think, hey, I need to think differently. And the money that I spend in API, it needs to go somewhere else. It's this, these are not my values anymore. And it's not like it's a CEO that all of a sudden became conscious. I mean, it might, it might be, I don't know how they made the decisions, but I feel like it's more driven by individual investors that are saying, hey, we need to start seeing more of our companies that we invest in to have a, a greater stance against climate change, right? So, but also there've been, the market's given strong signals that investments are going to happen to companies who take climate change into account in their business practices. Isn't that right? I mean, there was a huge push to that in early 2020. Yeah, exactly. So that, I mean, a lot of the, I don't know too much about here. I didn't, I didn't follow in really well the, the small and business um subsidies that were given for the COVID-19 stimulus and uh, through mm-hmm. the stimulus. But I know, for example, in France, um, they asked the airlines that, hey, y- you want money, we'll give you money. But in exchange, we want you to commit to do this in regards to your CO2 emissions, right? Mm. And so you've you started to see some thinking like this, that you know, over the long term is going to drive the industry higher and higher, right? Essentially, if you want to do, if you want to make money on the day-to-day in solar, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. Um, it can go up, it can go down. I mean, Friday when we uh, we were talking a little bit on Friday, I think solar edge stock went down 15%, right? So Yeah, same in them days, I think. Yeah, exactly, right? But o- over the next one, five, 10 years, the industry is going to continue taking off, right? As we talked about earlier, the market penetration is is at its infancy. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, politicians, uh, incentives, and policies that are coming through at, at all level, right? Even right. even if in the U.S. for the past four years, where the Trump administration was not necessarily for solar, mm-hmm. you would see the states, you would see the cities, you would see communities saying, "Hey, we want to be carbon neutral by 2040. We want to be carbon neutral by 2050." Right. Mm-hmm. And that that drives necessarily investments in renewable and has solar is one right. of the best way for people to contribute. Right. So I don't I don't see any other mean really um, for if you, if you want to reduce if you want to continue to consume as much energy, but reduce your carbon footprint. Solar is one of the best way to do it. If you're looking short term. Are we going to, if you invest in some market, is it going to go up? I, I don't know. Who cares? Right. But if you think of it long term, if you think about the forces that are driving an industry, mm-hmm. then, then that that is a major, major, like if you think in terms of value investing, then those forces are just going to drive right. adoptions of renewable. Let's, let's change gears a little bit here. Let's, let's track some of the risks that you're that you're seeing. Yeah, I think one thing that um, is on our radar, I don't think it's going to be major, but it could be, is mm-hmm. there's a bill in Congress that is potentially going to pass. And I'd be surprised if it doesn't because it's something around, and I'm going to butcher the name, is in the changing region. Um, they want to make sure that any product coming into the U.S. doesn't have product that were produced. Uh, with forced labor, right? And mm, yep. in region in China. And so it's a, it's a Republican sponsored bill by Marco Rubio. Um, but 
you know, given the topic it touches, I have a hard time not seeing it pass, right? It would be with a new administration coming in, it might be a matter of weeks or a matter of months, but, you know, it's out there on the radar. And so that bill essentially says, hey, if any of the products that are coming in the U.S. are made with components or are simply products made with forced labor, then they cannot come into the U.S. So we can seize them unless you prove uh, otherwise. Proving otherwise is really hard. And 30% of the monograde polysilicon for the industry, for the solar industry, comes from that region. Mm-hmm. So that means, you know, you have 30% of what goes into solar panels. Uh, so the, the silicon that goes into the wafers comes from a, a region that potentially, if you are not able to prove that you haven't used forced labor, that um, you you are at risk of not being able to ship your product into mm-hmm. the U.S. We feel ourselves we're not going to be directly impacted, but every time there is a big shuffle, you know, you don't know the ripple effect it can have, right? Mm. You could you could have, you know, other suppliers or other customers that all of a sudden had a big contract that gets canceled and they have to find supply somewhere else and and a partner that doesn't use the 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 polysilicon coming from that change in region fulfills that order. And now all of a sudden in your queue in line, it creates a little bit of a shortage. And so you see a ripple effect of it, right? So mm-hmm. ourselves, our supply is not at risk, but does that mean that it's not going to be a little bit of a wave in the industry? That is something that we're on the lookout for. Mm-hmm. And overall it starts, you know, it, it, it goes on top of a, of a situation that is already, you know, if you look at supply and demand, there is a lot of demand right now for solar, right? We right. just touched on the reasons for it. Um, but there's a lot of, demand for solar and so it's not like there is a vast amount of oversupply and so it comes on top of a situation that is already a little bit tight and tense right, right? um so any any ripple effect just anyway you know what we say we call it the solar coaster right so there's always something in solar but that's sure. that's one uh, thing that we're keeping an eye on for sure mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in terms of opportunities unless there are other risks you want to chat about but what are some of the opportunities Another risk, maybe we'll talk a little bit about later, but it's just something uh, to think about for our CNI uh, clients that we're advising on is, hey, there's going to be a, a module format change in right. 2021. We've already seen it with products coming in that are you know, bigger and more power, but not necessarily more efficient. So that's one thing we're making sure to advise our customers on is, yeah, 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 you're, you're going to get more power mm-hmm. per module, but your module is bigger. So if you look at the efficiency, it's roughly the same, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so what you want to look at is is um, the, the LCOE and, and how that plays into an impact. So there's some analysis that are coming out. And, and the reason it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tiny risk, it's just because anytime you have new products, that means supply chains are adapting. Uh, upstream. And that means potentially, hey, we can't produce as much as we thought we could because our new production line is facing some delays. You know, it's just simple, simple things like this. It's not going to threaten the industry at all, but you might see, you know, your product that you wanted in June, you might see them in August because you're facing some delays. So that's one of the things on the short term, we're going to be making sure to advise our customers on and that they navigate this the right way. Right. Well, I I did want to ask you about what's ahead. You know, what are you tracking on the product front? So maybe let's just talk about products and end with the other opportunities that we were, that we want to cover. So what, what on the product front are you tracking? Yeah, well, right. So yeah, jump the gun, I guess. Huh? <laughs> oh, that's okay. Um, well, so larger, larger sales format, 
you know, mm-hmm. what we just discussed is one big thing, you know, who has what, at what price point, because then all of a sudden it's hard to compare if you, you know, right now the, the main standard was 405 to 415 watts for a 72 cell module. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're going to go to 440, 445 and later this year, probably touching 500, right? And so, mm-hmm. but the modules are bigger. So can you really compare the price point the same way? And so there is about a premium of two pennies, three pennies for, for the bigger modules, but they produce the same efficiency. So how do you justify that, right? Um, and is there a need to change because the format size is different? Are you going to need, is there going to need to be a change in racking or? or- right. So that's, that's the argument that some people are taking it which is very valid is hey essentially you have more products so you should see a more bigger product more power for these same amount of product you're installing right if you want to install a thousand panels it's going to cost you the same labor force to do it but you're going to get more power out of them so essentially your labor cost divided by the amount of power will be cheaper right so essentially you see some savings in other areas as in, in the BOS aspect of it, in racking, in mm-hmm. your labor force, amount of time potentially you save. And right now, some of the analysis that we've seen is you should see something around 3 to 8% savings overall on, on the and the LCOE, but it's hard, it's hard to it's hard to know still because you know for example one of the, the analysis that said hey the new product should save you three percent they were assuming the panels was coming in at the same price per watt which mm. right now we know at least for us that it's, it's not the case it, it's something that, that we don't know yet I mean overall it's good for the industry because you have more power and it's just the entry level right it's the next wave of innovation so they're growing the cells. Um, that right now we've maxed out or we seem to have maxed out. They're growing and making it bigger. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's just the beginning. So I presume they're going to be able to write a new wave of innovation that's going to increase the efficiency. But, you know, it, it just brings some changes and, and you need to be mindful of price points. You need to be mindful of efficiency, how much mm-hmm. savings you're going to see on the other side. And I think for utilities, it makes a lot of sense, right? You install so many products and like in scale, um, it, it means a lot. Mm-hmm. But if you do like a, a 20 kilowatt project, uh, you might you might not see substantial savings. Mm-hmm. So need to be mindful. And and the thing is, the, the, the funny part is not everybody is taking the same uh, same approach. Some people are making bigger wafers, so bigger cells, uh, mm-hmm. makes bigger modules. Mm-hmm. Some people are um, putting more cells into their modules. Um, so mm-hmm. you, you might start hearing about 78 cells module, whereas the industry has been around 72 for the past 10, 15 years, right? Mm-hmm. For commercial, you know, again, like there's going to be two or three flavors uh, of ice cream going forward. And so right. which one is the best uh, for, for your customer? How do you sell it? How do you think about it? What is the the incremental power that you're going to get? And how is that going to progress going forward? So just a, there's a lot of different stuff that um, you need to think about, right? Well, so on the, so we talked, we chatted a little bit about the PV side um, mm-hmm. when, Maybe let's just chat about storage for a minute. When you're when you're looking at CNI, small commercial, what's the interest level uh, with these business owners in storage? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So on on the storage front, you you have a lot of interest, a lot of interest from building owners or industry leaders that that want to implement storage for the building they're leasing. They're facing peak demand charges they're so insane from their utility that storage makes a lot of sense what we do find out is well there's a lot of interest 
the, the price tags is still pretty steep. And so, okay. you know, it's not a slam dunk to just go from interest to purchase order. Right. So you really have to know what you're doing and how to win those deals and what's going to drive the closing of those deals. Yeah, you, exactly. You need to be able to, to bring the customer along and tell them, hey, you're not looking at a one-time, you know, big ticket of $300,000 or half a million dollars. You're, you're really looking at, you know, here's your cash flow coming in from the savings you're going to get from your storage system. And you need to be able to explain to them, hey, your, your tariffs are going to change, you know, tariffs and the utility side. If you look at the past two or three years, the tariffs have changed several times for, for mm-hmm. customers, right? And so if you implement storage, whatever happens in the future, and it's very likely that the electricity is going to keep increasing, it, mm-hmm. like your cost of, of doing business uh, is going to increase. And so if you put storage, you don't have to worry about that. So what, what people say is you're future-proofing um, your, your building, right? Against mm-hmm. changes in tariff from your utility. So that's that's really big. That's really big. And if you're in one of those states that have tons and tons of incentives that are very lucrative, then it makes a lot of sense to look at storage, right? Especially if you if you have a monthly bill that is above $30,000 and that half of it is spent on peak demand charges, then, you know, look, look, at, look into solar, look at, sorry, excuse me, looking, but well, you can look into solar, but also look right. into storage, solar press right. storage. It makes a lot of sense. If you install solar and storage together, together you capture the ITC. Um, so that pays for 26% of your system. There's just a lot of areas now in California and Massachusetts and New York where it makes a lot of sense to, to look at storage. Um, right. And on, on the product front, you know, what we see right now is a little bit of a shortage in the industry, tight availability, long lead times. Uh, it, it doesn't take... Plan uh, now. Yeah, you need to plan a, plan ahead. The, the good thing is, it's you know, like a, a system could be a couple million dollars, right, of investment. Right. So it's not like a, a business owner makes a decision in a day. So you you have time to 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 discuss with clients. It's going to take probably six months to a year to bring them along and then and then do the system. Um, but yeah, start early. Start having those conversations. Right now, we're facing very very long lead times with one of our partners, STEM, and it's simply because there's a lot of demand. Right? We we talked about it earlier today. It's um, so it sounds like you know if if folks even are uh, interested a little bit. They should start having that conversation with you now, you know, because it makes sense. The the opportunities there, and there are going to be it's going to be a multi step process, a multi year process potentially. So at least reach out and have that conversation. Yeah, so, exactly. And and I think one, one just to touch yeah. on this. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut your question that was going to come out. Uh, but <laughs> you know, you're going to have questions from a business owner and say, "Hey, I, I want to do storage. Talk to me about this. What do I need to think about? How does that work? How are you going to monetize the?" system and so on and so forth. And, and so you need to be able to answer those questions, right? And even if, if you want to have a conversation about that, coming to Bewa is the best place for it. I appreciate you coming on the podcast today, Guillaume. Yeah. Uh, great job on your on your first Bewa podcast. It's been lovely chatting with you. So yeah, hope to have you back soon and enjoy your, enjoy your the rest of your week. Yeah, thanks. Thanks you, you as well. Uh, no, thanks for having me. And um, yeah, let's hope, let's hope to do one more or two in the near future. Mm-hmm.